You're listening to Alcoholics Alive, where recovered members of Alcoholics Anonymous share their experience on how they live AA as a way of life. None of our participants get paid or speak for AA. Here are your hosts, Shank and Wayne. Shank, I realize we don't we don't officially have to bring meeting shrapnel back to actually talk about meeting shrapnel. Okay. I heard a couple of good ones the other day. Lay it on me. One guy said that he when he did stuff wrong, he had to no at the end of the day he had to check his belly barometer. <laughs> <laughs> You ever heard that? That's a pretty good one. I have not. I guess the belly barometer, like, it tells you whether you did a good job during the day or not. Well, gut feeling, belly barometer. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, so I think that one's got to go. It's probably not anything that we would probably scrap that if we were doing meeting shrapnel. Oh, yeah. And then I heard this one girls say that she was broken but that when she got here but that even broken crayons still color (laughs) (laughs) nice isn't that nice Mm -hmm. oh my goodness hey welcome we're glad that you're here listening we've got uh a guest with us today our guest is justin justin how are you today Doing well, shaking Wayne. How you guys doing? Pretty good. Excellent. I checked my belly barometer, and I'm in pretty good shape today. There you go. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, so a little bit about me. Um, right. So my sobriety date is September 24th, 2022. Um, that is not my first sobriety date, but that is my most recent one. And uh, I, I guess qualify myself a little bit, right, for you guys. Um. I was sitting in a, I call it the presidential suite, but it was the room 324 of the La Quinta Inn in Cary, North Carolina, September 24th, 2022. Um, Right. I had a a bottle of liquor and a pistol and I think the gates of hell were open. Right. And I had one foot in and one foot out. Um, I think what happened for me, um, was alcohol stopped working, right? I mean, at this point, I had lost my family. Um, I was unemployable. I'd resigned from my job before they were about to fire me. I know and this holds a special heart. This holds a special place in one of our hosts' heart, but I was sitting on a felony charge, right? Oh, and no. uh, Sitting yeah, on it. Did you catch it? I was, no, I didn't catch it because uh, a good lawyer and a lot of money. wasn't wasn't God didn't get me out of that. Um, but <laughs> I, you know, at that point, right. I, I was drinking to numb the pain and I think I realized right something was going to give at that point that day. Right. Cause it stopped working. It wasn't working. Right. No matter how much I drank, I was still in pain. Right. Dealing with all the stuff I had caused in my life and all the wreckage. So at that point, my experience was, I knew that AA worked. And, um, when I chose to walk out of there, come to, uh, go to a meeting, went to my home group. And I've been sober since, right? Got a sponsor, got a vault, started working the steps again, worked the steps again, and uh, been sober ever since. So 
that's my think that's how I can qualify myself for you guys. You've been to a La Quinta Inn since then? No, I have not. <laughs> I don't blame you. I have not there. been to a La Quinta Inn since then. Um, well, we're glad, we're glad you made it out of there. Yeah, I mean, it was lucky. I mean, listen, it was either, I mean, it was, uh, yes, again, like I said, something was going to give, right? And uh, I am absolutely glad that I walked out of there and went to a meeting, right? And uh, I mean, that was a moment of clarity for me, right? Started off this process again. So. Cool. Shank, what's our topic today? Our topic today is we will lose. So we are on the seventh episode. So this is the seventh sentence of the ninth step promises, pages 83 to 84. So today our topic is we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. It's a pretty Mm. bold claim. Yeah. Very bold. Very bold. JP, the more what do you think about that? The more times that I read this, the less I understand it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was getting ready to say that too, Shank. I mean, I've been reading this thing for a couple of days, kind of trying to prepare. And, um, it is a bold statement, but I mean, right, we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. I, I mean, the selfish thing I can think of, right, is me in general. <laughs> Justin, Right. I mean, I've always, it's always been about Justin, right? Before I came out, Hoffs and Hoffs and worked the steps, right? It was always about me, 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 me. What can I, what can I get? How can I get it? Right. With, without regard for anyone else. How about you, Jay Wayne? What, what are the selfish things that you have lost interest well, in? Well, I'm with you on the, the, the sentence, sentence getting more complicated the more you read it and try to, uh, <laughs> try to figure it out and uh, it's interesting the just the whole idea of being selfish i really when i got sober i i mean i had no idea what the word was i mean i never even really heard about it or i mean it like never came up in conversation i always had people tell me i was sorry and some of them may have said i was selfish but it, it was kind of a a new term for me but when I started to take the steps and do inventory, I realized real quick how accurate it is because, you know, I, I, um, all I was concerned about was myself. Now there were a lot of relationships and a lot of situations where I thought I hid it well, because I was trying to manipulate people and I would appear to be kind or honest or nice, but, it was all just a front to get what I wanted. And I think that, you know, the steps did work at slowly over time, losing selfishness and gaining some interest in our fellows. I mean, maybe we do need to rewrite the book sometimes. That's (laughs) (laughs) Uh, gaining interest in our fellows. Well, so Justin, can you maybe point to a specific amends that you made that helped yeah, you I, lose ahead, some selfishness? Yeah, and I, listen, I think um, I, I was kind of getting ready to say, like, you can't talk about the ninth step promises without talking about the ninth step, right? <laughs> it's it's integral part of it. Um, 
Yeah, I can give it. You know what? Let me give it. I can give a specific example of amends that right I did didn't do it right, and then recently had to admit that I didn't do that, and then had to go back and correct it. Right, and because for me, I don't know. Right, I don't know if it's is it seven and eight step in the book where it talks about you know this is where the rubber meets the road. We separate the men from the boys or the women from the girls. Right, we'll be all inclusive. Um, <clears throat> For me, this is the ninth step has been where the rubber met the road, right? This is what this is what puts me on level playing ground, right? It's the books are balanced, but I think a specific amend. So I had to make an amends to my parents, right? I, 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 you know, my parents have dealt with this their whole lives, right? I mean, I'm 50 years old now, right? When I finally got sober for the last time, God built. Um, and so, I mean, I've been sober for nine years at one point and went back out for. 10 years so the last 10 years they've been dealing with this and i've stole from them lied to them cheated you know done everything i can to affect them and so i had to go back and they were they were on my list this time um and one thing i had done right was i had i had taken something right and i went down to sit to make this amends and i knew it and that was the first thing my i had made the amends and then my dad had asked me about if i had done this and i looked him right in the eye and i said no so this was in the middle of an amends. Then I lied, right? As I just finished the amends, I lied about the amends. Oh. And, and so there you go, right? And then walking out of there thinking that I did something and, you know, it, it just didn't go well and it's, it didn't sit right with me. And I kept, you know, I, I would share a meeting. I share meetings about living an unprincipled life and what happens, right? And how it severs your relationship with God. And, and as I was in that moment, living an unprincipled life, right? Still being dishonest. And it does say sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but I was up at a, you know, an AA retreat and we were working the steps and, and I don't know, I looked at someone, I said, Hey, I looked at a group of people. There's like three or four people around. I said, this is what I did. Cause I didn't have, I, my sponsor was busy at that point. Um, I said, this is what I did. This is what I need to make. Right. And right. I was able to go back and fix that. Right. And that was a tough, that's a tough thing to do. Right after you've made an amends, go back and make another one for being dishonest during an amends. Um, and I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. So, <laughs> right. But those books are balanced and, and it went the way it went. And, um, right. I'm on level playing ground now. Right. So I think that's what helps, right. Me lose interest in selfish things to gain interest in my fellows, um, is being on level playing ground, not feeling less than or greater than anyone. What is a fellow, Shank? <laughs> well, a fellow, I believe, in this sense, is an associate, a comrade, um, an equal in rank, power, or character. So a peer. Uh, okay. That's what it sounds like to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. You got any experience at gaining interest in your comrades? I do. Um, but I think similar to what Justin is talking about, it's being less self-obsessed, uh, mm -hmm. which you really couldn't have told me that I was when I got here. I knew that I had physically harmed other people. Like I could see that. Um, I know that's not everyone's experience, but it's mine. And so I could see like, hey, yeah, I have harmed people. But beyond that, saying... You know, I've harmed my family by not showing up as a daughter, a sister, a friend, whatever. Like, 
I just, I couldn't see how selfish I was because I thought I typically drink alone. What's I'm not harming anyone. Um, I think for me, the current time, um, gaining interest in my peers and my associates and my comrades looks like, um, I think people, I, I think that, um, sometimes I think that other people think it should look a certain way and I'm just not someone who is cutesy and cuddly and going to give you a hug and I'm just, I have never been that way. I may never be that way. Um, but being interested in my fellows is keeping up with them, uh, not being so obsessed with myself and what's going on in my life or what I feel like perceived or real I'm getting or not getting, um, reaching out and just having conversations with people. Um, and also I think recently I've been trying to acquire some literature for a meeting and I think in the past, I can kind of slip into this in the past, I would really want to push this through and get it done to say, look what I did. I did this for this meeting. And I can tell you that today it's not that it's, Hey, this meeting needs some literature seems like there should be money for it. Let's push that through. And when that doesn't happen, I can come up with an alternate solution because ultimately it's not about who's getting the literature. It's about the meeting, getting the literature that needs it, um, which is something that I don't realize in myself. So it's good to have people surrounding me and a sponsor that knows what's going on in my life to say, Hey, this is a change. You're not just talking about how amazing and wonderful and perfect you are for doing this <laughs> because she will tell me very directly um, that she notices a change in me, which is good. Mm-hmm. Well, so here's a question for you, JP. How can an alcoholic okay. completely lose interest in selfish things and always think of others? <laughs> um, I mean, I, good question, but I don't think you can. Um, I mean, Jay, Jerry, we were talking about this the other day, right? Like if I got it, we'll be mad, right? If I got in trouble for what I thought, I'd, I'd have been done a long time ago, right? It's not about what <laughs> you sure. think, it's about... It's about the action you take. And I think for me, I, right, I'm looking at the, I'm, I got a, I got a big book in front of me. So we know who's going to win battle of books. But, um, right, if you look right down underneath after the promises, right, it, it tells me exactly how I can, how I can, you know, try to completely lose selfishness, you know, and selfish things and always think of others. And it tells me exactly how to do that when it brings me to the 10 step, right? That I continue to take personal inventory. Right, set wrong any new mistakes. Um, right, we vigorously we vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. We entered the world of the spirit. I mean, it goes on and on. I don't want to read it off right, you know, verbatim from the book, but right, it tells me exactly how to do it. Right. I mean, if we just let's see, right? I think this is important. We continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone else immediately, we make amends quickly. If we've harmed anyone, then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance is our code. Right? And I think for me, like if my story's too much, if my story's about me, it's too small. Right? It's got to be whatever situation I'm in, whether I'm at home group, whether I'm at work, right? It's got to be about what I can bring to the table, what I can offer and be of service. When I'm home, it's right. What are the people's, I guess for me, when I'm like, when I'm connected and I'm living in that, in the world of the spirit, it's, it's all about, Right. If everyone that comes in contact with me, they're better off for me, 
for being in contact with me that day as opposed to when it used to be like. Right. I mean, if you got near me, I, I mean, before when I was drinking, I mean, I'd suck the life out of you. Right. I mean, it was, it, it was all about what I could take from um, And today it's not about that. It's about what I could bring to the table. How about you, Jay Wayne? You have a few more 24 hours than JP and I. <laughs> yes. There's some, there's some meeting shrapnel for you. I've been sober a few 24 hours. <laughs> and remember, every day is a day. Every day. Every day is a day. Well, I think it's um it's certainly something to strive for to always be thinking of others. I think that um probably what JP said about the tenth step and about constantly looking at ourselves and our where we're we've been selfish or dishonest or afraid and prayer and then turning our thoughts to somebody else is certainly a practice that helps keep us in line with this. Um, I think one of the things that's helped me is just trying to be consistent with, with just some general, some pretty basic stuff of prayer and reading some AA literature and trying to be in contact with people in the, in the program on a daily basis and trying to help people. Um, helps with this. I think sometimes we, we talk a lot about this. I think a lot of times in AA though, that people hear that you can get to this state where you're like just constantly, just always thinking of others and you're always in this state of Nirvana. And if you're, you know, if you get mad or upset or you think, you know, start judging people that there's something wrong with you. Well, we, we never rise above human. And, you know, so if we if we're not always in a, in the place of serenity or service, it's it's I mean it, it's okay. It, yeah, I mean that's 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 just part of being human. So I've never been able to completely achieve it, constantly thinking of others, but it's something to, something to strive for. Well, I think Jerry, I mean, like you said, you strive for it every day, right? You, you you might hit the mark sometimes, sometimes you might not, and that's okay. You know. I mean, sometimes I walk around my house thinking, like, I do a lot for everyone in this house. Like, when is someone going to do something for me? <laughs> like, like I mean, that's, right. that's honest yeah. and not truth. Like, I'm getting sick. I'm sick of doing the dishes. I'm sick of going right. Like, I'm sick of doing stuff for people. Like, when is someone going to do something for Justin? And that's okay. Again, like we talked about the other day, man. I got in trouble for what I thought. Right? As long as I don't act, you know, sometimes I do act. Right? And then I, I got to go back and then make amends. I mean, the directions are clear cut on how to handle it if we do, right? So, yep. When is somebody gonna do something for Justin? When are they gonna? When are they gonna? When are they gonna talk about how great Justin is? Yeah, right. I mean, I don't know, Jerry. I mean, we're all around in the area, right? This is a long reconstruction ahead. The page right before the ninth step promises, right, is on page eighty-two. There's a long period of reconstruction, so. Justin's got a lot of thinking about other people to do before he even worries about what they're doing. Yeah. Right? That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. You did some studying for this, I can tell. A little bit. I tried All to be these... prepared. <laughs> I tried to be prepared. I mean, I do have now. Right. Hank, you know this, right? I do. I was the only one dumb enough to ask Jerry for his big book. Yep. Right? And he gave it to me. So, I mean, listen, I got notes from everybody. 
and him in here. So, right, I can look at this book and sound like I know what I'm talking about. So you got to be careful, right? <laughs> if, I, if I start talking too fast, I'm probably lying. Well, no, I know, know I that I, I I lost some interest um, in selfish things and gained interest in my fellows when a man walked into my home group when we met in this really small trailer looking thing. And he was very loudly eating chips and candy <laughs> and busting up in the meeting, wasn't sober yet. And we, you know, I was able to just look at him and say, hey, could you eat quieter, you think? Thank you. <laughs> I said, you call moving. me out like that, aren't you? You're going to call me out. <laughs> That's AKA so funny. Cookie Monster. Right? Cookie Monster's in the house. Cookie Monster's in the <laughs> right. But again, that was before I got sober, right? It was all about me. It was all about Justin, right? It was, uh, that was back when I was going to meetings just to get my wife off my butt, right? Or make everyone else, the counselor, my wife, everyone else in my life think that I was trying to get sober, right? It's a good reminder to me, though, because a lot of times you see people come into meetings who are not sober and, God, you just want to get so annoyed at them or they back into your vehicle or whatever (laughs) may happen, you know, and some people do get sober, like they come back in and they clean it up and they get sober. And it's like, thank God, AA is a place where you can go before um, you've lost interest in selfish things and gained interest in your fellows. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Really? Like, thank God AA is like that because a lot of yeah. places in this society are not. I mean, you guys put up with me for almost 12 months, man. That was, yeah, 12 months. That's because we lost, yeah. yeah. We gained interest in our fellows. So we were interested <laughs> in you. That's why you got that nice big book. That's why I got that nice big book. Well, I'd ask, Jerry, I asked for that big book. 2011. We're sell it. 2011 yeah. is when I, when you first put that in there, that when you died, I'd get this book. So that was back yeah. when that was my first, right? That was when I was sober back then. I think I relapsed not too long after that. Well, consider it a good gift if you got it before yes, it I died. All right, Shank, let's move on to the Battle of the Books. All right. Battle of the Books. <laughs> We are on step seven, round seven. This is the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous versus the 12 by 12. So we are on step seven. So far to this point, the big book is still undefeated six rounds. So right. we will see what happens in step seven. Um, the readings from the 12 by 12 get um, better in my humble opinion, um, the further we go on the steps. So here we are. The Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, page 76. When ready, we say something like this. My creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. We have then completed step seven. <laughs> All right. And then we have the 12 by 12, page 76. The seventh step is where we made the change in our attitude, which permits us with humility as our guide to move out from ourselves toward others and toward God. The whole emphasis of step seven is on humility. 
It is really saying to us that we now ought to be willing to try humility in seeking the removal of our other shortcomings, just as we did when we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. <laughs> what do y'all think? Justin, what do you think about these two? I, I mean, listen, I got a big book in front of me. I got... 12 by 12 stuff is too confusing. I've always, I got a pride. I guess part of what I, my first thing that popped into my head, I'm going to go with that, is like, if I, I don't know how I could be humble if I'm telling you how humble I am. Right. And I think that, that to me, like, that's, I'm trying to do that. If I'm trying to do that myself, I can't, I can't be, I can't be humble, right? Left to my own devices. And I think there's a lot of that in it. So I'm going with the big book because. Like, this is practical application. This is something I can say. This is me kind of defaulting to the God of my understanding, um, right, and asking for help. So that that's that's what I'm going with. That, that, that's really kind of where I'm at in my mind. That's the first thing that comes in my gut for going by my belly barometer, right? That's what your belly barometer is telling you? That's what, that's what my belly barometer is telling me to go with <laughs> on this one. What do you think, Wayne? Well, well, I think me and Shank, or actually, it's, I have to give Shank the credit. If if you're out there and you've heard about the 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 so-called principles behind the steps, we think the steps are the principles. Just if you listen, but there's this thing floating around that they've got a word or a principle behind every step. We think we figured out where they got all that from. It's from the twelve by twelve. So if you go to each step in the 12 by 12, whatever the principle that you see on Google behind the step, it's in the, that step in the 12 by 12. But anyway, um, <laughs> I think that the 12 by 12 reading is, I mean, it's, it's fine. I think it's a little confusing. I don't, um, again, it's kind of lofty and, and flowery. I don't understand, um, I mean, as a brand new person taking the steps, I don't think you could take the seventh step based on this. Matter of fact, I know you can't. And there's no specific instructions. And this is talking about humility. I, I really didn't understand that word when I was newly sober. Um, and it just, I don't know, it just doesn't make, doesn't make sense to me. The, it does in the 12 by 12 go into explanation of what humility is, however. It does. So. Yep. I'm just saying. It does. And it has the seven deadly sins <laughs> in there, which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It was, that was easy for me to understand as someone who grew up in Christian churches. Yep. But I don't know that everyone understands that yeah I think they're pretty self-explanatory but yeah they are the seven Jan, the, I like go ahead sorry the big book reading I mean it's that's the seventh step the seventh step is a prayer it's not any more than that or any less it's it's a prayer even the short the, the way it reads humbly asking to remove our shortcomings that's a prayer you're asking God so you know the way I understand the book is that you know, 
not long after you do the fifth step, you do this prayer, and that's basically a, another admission that you're turning your whole life over to God and to the program, and you move forward with making amends. It says right there, we've completed step seven. You don't need to, to get a new pair of glasses, or you don't need to, to drop rocks, or look at your ripple effects, or any of that stuff. You just say the prayer and work the rest of the steps. I guess I don't know if this is meeting trap, all right? But if there was more written, there'd be more you could do, right? <laughs> Isn't that what they say about this step? Like, That's right. Well, I mean, yeah. and I think you you, re, you do this and you go on to the rest of the steps, and then I, I mean, it was it was it's back for me. What we read the original topic, right? What I was reading, right? I mean, we we're living in a world of spirit. Um, I mean, it talks about. Again, I'm reading from the book, but you know, this is not an overnight matter. But you continue in our lifetime. You continue to watch yourself. This design is right. I mean, it's 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 a lifetime thing. One day at a time. For the personally, rest of you, the I rest was of very time. glad that um, there were a few steps in there that seemed easy. I didn't. I don't remember questioning it. I just did what my sponsor said, and that's, I was like, "Ooh, thank God! I made a lot of progress. Now I'm on step eight and nine. Amazing!" That, that's <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. All right, guys. So, Justin, big book, big book, easy. Jay Wayne, I'm going with the big book. All right, the big book. <laughs> <laughs> the big book's still undefeated. Step seven, round seven. The big book is still undefeated. undefeated. Um, if you if you would like to have a rebuttal, please email us at freedomandalcoholicsalive.com. Happy to hear it. Happy yes. to spar a little bit. Um, this is all in good fun. Everyone relax. That's right. That's right. It's all in good fun. Although the steps have taken and practiced as a way of life can produce freedom. And they can also uh, help you to uh, lose interest in yourself. Justin, we appreciate you coming on and sharing your experience with us. Yeah, thank you for having me, guys. It's an honor and a privilege. Yeah, I appreciate it. You're welcome. Yep, and stay, uh, keep listening for the rest of Justin's story. Um, I'm a little bit nervous, so bear with me. Um, my sobriety date is September 24th, 2022. Um, I have a home group. If you're new here, right, my home group is There's a Solution. We meet on Tuesdays and Thursdays over in the Fellowship Hall, except we're right here for speakers. Um, Seven o'clock, we'd love to have you keep coming back. Um, I have a sponsor. The privilege of sponsoring some guys. I think right now it's just by name. A um, couple of guys that are I'm supposedly sponsoring. but um, And I have a service position. Um, so I guess, right, I, I try to... I got to tell you what it was like, what happened what it's like today and I've been thinking about just trying to do this because but I have to tell you what it was like what happened then I have to tell you what it was like what happened and what it's like today again right I gotta do that twice so I gotta get drunk sober drunk sober 
Um, so I, I've been thinking about how to do that and connect the dots. I, I guess I'll just kind of start a little bit of background. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I, um, I probably would have told you years ago that there was all these reasons why I drank, right? Uh, you know, my dad beat the crap out of me. Uh, you know, my parents were never there. Uh, you know, whatever it was. I, uh, um, and today, right, I mean, I had a decent life. I think everybody in my life did the best they could, right? I think that's one of the things that um, Alcoholics Anonymous has given me is that kind of outlook on life that, uh, you know, my parents, the people around me, um, they did the best they could with what they had at the time, right? And it's not their fault. Um, for a lot of years in my life, right, it was everyone else's fault. Um, I mean, even up till recently, right, probably up to nine, ten months ago. Um, you know, but I mean, I don't know, I had a decent life. I don't know, I come from my, so my, I'm Irish Catholic. Um, I guess you could say I'm a recovering Catholic. I've heard that joke before, but um, I don't know, right? I went to midnight mass and, you know, midnight mass on Christmas and Easter. That's all we did. We weren't, we didn't go to church, right? I did, you know, catechism and confirmation and all that good stuff. And, um, right, it never, I never realized, I never realized I could have a relationship with God, right? That's what the kind of the way I was raised. I didn't, I, I, if it was meant to be, it was up to me, right? That's how I was raised. Um, you know, my dad, my dad used to, my dad used to tell us, or tell me, um, you know, Justin, if you're not going to be, if he goes, you're not going to be smart, you better be tough, and you're not smart, right? As he was whacking me upside the head. So, like, it just, like, that was my mentality. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to paint a picture of what, right, my, kind of what drove me, what, my psyche was, because um, it's really, I, I don't have that spectacular of a drinking story, right? I, I was thinking about it, and, and maybe 10, 20 years ago, right, I would have wanted you to think that, um, right? But it, it was, it was a, it was fast and hard, man, and it, like, it didn't last long for me. Um, you know, I don't know if I drank, there was a point in my life where I crossed the line, I believe that, right? There, I believe there was a point where I could have stopped drinking, probably. Um, right, somewhere along that along that path or that journey of mine, I crossed the line. I don't think um, I was a, I was into sports. I was an athlete. Um, I played baseball, so baseball kind of kept me straight and narrow for a lot of years. I don't, I, you know, I don't know if I drank more than the average person does in high school. Right? I mean, I've got a 17 year old daughter. Right? So I'm trying to gauge like how. I know how she's drinking, right? Did I drink that way? Um, I mean, I was always focused, right, on sports, man. That's what I was born and bred to do, um, right? It was a purpose, and, and that kind of kept me in line, right? It got me through high school, got me through college, a little bit afterwards. And um, I think the one thing I can tell you, and the reason I bring up sports is because there was two things in my life, right, that kind of made me, I don't know what was missing in Justin, right? It was never, I just never felt right, right, never fit in, never felt comfortable, um, right, amongst my peers, anywhere I was at, and athletics was one of the things that made me feel comfortable, and then alcohol was, right, alcohol solved that problem for me, um, right, and I think later on in life is where, you know, once that started solving that problem, because baseball went away, right, and then alcohol took its place, um, 
So I don't know, right? I mean, I drank. I, I, could, I can identify, you know, with everything in the book, man. Like, you know, I mean, it was bad for me, you know, years. We did stupid stuff in college, right? Um, ripping and running, man. Like, we, if there was internet and cell phones when I was in college, like, I probably wouldn't be staying here today. I'd be an habitual felon, I would guess. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, um, I, 1998, we go to 1998, that's a long time ago, so, um, I mean, I don't know when any, I graduated high school in the ni- early, early 90s, so, <laughs> um, it's a long time ago, Phew. um, right, I, I was talking about, I, Right, it was, I was just, an, I was always angry, something was missing, right, it was always someone else's fault, man, in my life, right, like, um, right, it was never me, man, I was, uh, I think I was probably disgustingly dishonest from Jump Street, right, for me, um, I mean, I'm the type of guy, like, I gotta be careful up here, right, I gotta talk slow, right, if I talk too fast, I might start lying, um, and I gotta make sure, right, that, um, I'm painting an accurate picture of myself for you guys, right? Because I always, I want you to think that I'm something that I'm not, right? Um, you know, I mean, like it talks about in our book, right, man? Like I had philosophical and moral convictions galore that I could never live up to, right? I wanted to be this amazing guy, this amazing, you know, amazing son, amazing husband, amazing boyfriend, amazing friend, um, and I always fell short of that. Right, and later on in life, once, once baseball was taken away from me, um, and alcohol took its place, like that was my solution, right? Like, and then, and then it was just fast and hard. I mean, I stopped playing baseball in 1998, and um, uh, I'd like you to think that I was the second coming of Babe Ruth, but that wasn't the case, you know what I mean? Um, right, I played some professional baseball, but for any, and, and I've got to explain this because, um, Right, it's about being honest for me. If any of you know anything about baseball, right, there's, there's minor league baseball that's affiliated with the major leagues, and then there's independent baseball that's not affiliated with the major leagues. So I played some independent baseball. I got paid to play baseball. Um, you know, there was some talk amongst people in my circles that, you know, I was going to get signed, right, with a major league team and blah, 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 but that never happened, right? I got hurt. I blew my shoulder out. I got picked up in 1998, so back to 1998, right? I kind of went down a rabbit hole. Sorry about that. Um, 1998, I got picked up from LaGuardia Airport um, for two friends of mine from Connecticut. I was born and raised in Connecticut. Um, picked up by two friends of mine with a case of Budweiser and, uh, and, a, and some cocaine. Um, and I think out of respect for Alcoholics Anonymous, like, I, I will not mention all the drugs I've done, right? But drugs are a part of my story. You can assume that if I'm talking about alcohol, there was cocaine there, right? I like, I, I don't know, where's my friend, where's my friend, right? I tried cocaine once for 15 years. Did I get that right, Trey? Right? Like, is what happened to me. Um, I, uh, I like to drink, and that allowed me to drink Right, that gave me superhuman drinking powers, and I love that. Um, so, just assume that, and we'll be good. Um, 
But anyway, I got off that plane, got in a car, case of Budweiser, some cocaine, and um, so here's, and this went fast, because I ended up, oh, let me slow down, slow down. Um, so that night, right, I was doing someone else's cocaine and drinking someone else's liquor, beer, whatever it was. Um, by the end of the night, I realized that I liked that so much and liked what I was doing in that lifestyle and it like it's all like so baseball was everything to me right it was my identity and it had been taken away from me um, and like I had I was empty I had no idea what I was gonna do I didn't know who I was as a person um, and that was a tough spot to be in for me right like it was it was dark um, you know what I mean like I had um, that was what I was supposed to do right like family was counting on that, um, you know, I can, it, it doesn't matter, like none of that, none of that's why I drank though, I would have told you it was, but what I found after baseball was the minute I did that cocaine and that, and drank those beers, like that all went away, like it didn't matter, right, I was, I don't, you, I don't care what you called me, what I was, where I was at, right, I was good looking enough, I was funny enough, you know what I mean? I was rich enough. Um, it, like it didn't matter, man. Like that took that that took me out of that spot and propelled me. And so from 1998 until now, I'm gonna go. I'm going to the wayback machine here. I am a product of the healing joint, right? Not healing transitions. The healing place we call it the joint, right? 2004, I think 200 silver chip number 238, I believe I am. Um, but from, so, like, I thought maybe I had this spectacular drinking career. Like, I really didn't, right? And I, I mean, I, I drank like everybody else, I think. You know, maybe, maybe a little bit more than, than most people. But everyone I hung out, I drank like everyone I hung out with in college and high school. Um, right? But from 1998, it didn't take until 2004 before I was in a homeless shelter. Right? So, like, I burned it down pretty fast, man. Like, anything that was, anything in my life, right? Like, I started... Um, I got done playing baseball and those same guys that picked me up, um, right, by the end of the night, that night I realized, like, I don't want to have to ask that guy if I could have some more of his stuff, so how do I get some of that myself, right, and the next day I had gotten some of that myself and then it was on from there, right, like I was off to the races, um, I, the same guys that picked me up asked me what I was going to do, I said, I have no idea, one of them said, you want to sell commercial real estate, I said, sure, so the next thing I know, I was working at Grubb & Ellis. It's a commercial real estate firm. There's not much left of them anymore. They're more property management. But it was a commercial real estate firm in Manhattan. Um, and I was a tenant rep broker, man. And I was doing, I was working in Manhattan. I was living in Connecticut. And um, I didn't, you know what? I mean, I, from, from the onset, right, it didn't matter if, if I made 100000 If I made $50,000 a year, I'd spend a hundred. If I made a hundred, I'd spend 150. Right, like that's how I lived. Um, and any meaningful relationship I had, I don't, you know, I don't know who's I'm trying to see if anyone snuck in here, my wife or my ex-wife or my mother or anyone. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, there was one girl was I supposed to, I was gonna marry her, and then like just I ended up stealing from her because like I could not keep up with my lifestyle, right? Like, and and I wanted to be, I don't know, like. Because I was delusional even then, right? Like, I wanted to be, like, 
What did I want to be? I probably, I probably would have told you back then my idol was like, Char I want to be like Charlie Sheen. Like, I want to melt your face off. Like, that, like, that's how I wanted to live. Like, that's how I thought I should live. Um, and I tried damn hard, but it didn't last. It got me in a homeless shelter. Um, I had, uh, I had become unemployable. Um, I was in sales, so, right, like, when you're in sales, like, back then, in the 90s, in New York, if you're selling, they don't care what you do, um, right? And there was a little short little bit of time there where I, I was doing well enough where it didn't matter what I did. I could do whatever I wanted to do, and um, <clears throat> nobody had anything to say about it. And then what happened was, right, the, the drugs and alcohol started to affect my performance, right? And I wasn't selling. And um, I was asked to leave. So I became unemployable. Um, I mean, that's what, six years, man. That's not long. You know what I mean? Um, so let's see. We're almost, we're almost over that drunk, right? So that was only, I mean, that, that was only six years, man. I burned everything down, man. I, um, the last thing I did was I, I got caught stealing $75 from the girl that I was supposed to marry. Um, that relationship ended abruptly. Um, and then I left town. I jumped in a car and headed. My parents are living in Cary, North Carolina, and um, I was trying to get I was trying to get help. Like I grew up around AA. My mom's got eight brothers and sisters. They're all sober. Multiple years. I don't know. Anywhere from twenty to thirty-five or something like that. I I don't know. Um, but so I grew up around AA. Like I knew I knew what AA was. Um, my parents had stopped enabling me years ago. So. Um, I had talked to one of my uncles, and he had convinced my mom, like, you need to just get him out of wherever he's at. Get him somewhere. Um, and my mother heard about the healing joint. And um, I don't know if they do it now. Back then, man, it didn't matter where you lived. Like, they were taking you in. Like, we're going to tell them you live in Wake County. You're good. And um, nine months later, so that was in 2004. That was my first experience with Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, you know, like, I... I mean, I would have told you. I, I mean, I'd tell you today, right, that, like, that should have been it. I don't know, right? I could tell, I'll tell you a little bit about this part of the story is, I think, really where it's, this is the meat and potatoes of it, right? Because Alcoholics Anonymous, when I got in and I worked the steps in 2004, like, I was sober. Um, I was sober. I was, a, I was in good standing in Alcoholics Anonymous, right? I had a sponsor. I had a home group, service position. I was helping other guys. Um, and... So what happened in that nine years? So I was sober, I, I, I think it's about nine years, right, I stayed sober. Um, and what happened to me was I started being disgustingly dishonest in sobriety, right? Like I had, I had an opportunity, right? I, I worked the steps in 2004, balanced the books, right? Like everything was good, man. Like I, I, I was making, I had made my amends, right? I cleaned my side of the street. Like there was maybe a couple on the list like that, you know, I wasn't willing to do for a while, but then I was if I ever saw these people. Um, and it was just a, it was just a matter of right when God was going to put those people in my life. Um, and I ended up getting married in that time. And I'll tell you what, I just, um, looking back on, I mean, you learn something from every relationship, um, I think in life and, and people that are put in your life. But I was definitely not healthy enough to be married, to get married. Um, probably something I shouldn't have done. Um, but 
Right? I just, I had started living an unprincipled life, right? I was being dishonest with people in my life. Um, I wasn't staying current with a sponsor. Um, I wasn't staying current with sponsees. And what happened to me was it severed my relationship with God, and it was just a matter of time. Like, I had one foot out the door, man. Um, and I remember that day. I, I remember that day. Um, I remember like it was yesterday. Like, I had made up my mind months before. Right? It was just a matter of when it was going to happen. Um, and so, right, I guess the moral of that story is, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? None of us are perfect, man. But, like, part of what it is this time for me is, like, those books, man, once those books are balanced, like, I've had, oh, God, I've had so many clean slates in my life, right? Like, so many do-overs. And, again, could never live up to these expectations I've had of myself. And it's about... Right today, right, it's about kind of right-sizing myself a little bit, right, with God's help and understanding, like, that I'm not perfect. But um, that's exactly what happened to me. Like, I started, I started compiling another force. I, guess I started compiling another four-step and wasn't willing to make it right, right? Wasn't willing to go to any length, like I said I was in 2004 at the beginning. Um, right, and I took a drink. And now we're drunk again. And we're right on time. Um... We're going to try to get this, this one is, uh, this one actually lasted longer than the first one. This lasted about 10 years, this drunk, right? So anyway, I went back out and for the first five years, like I wasn't trying to get back in, um, right? I, I was only drinking, maybe popping some pills here and there, um, you know what I mean? And, and um, I met my second wife on Tinder, and I know you guys think that's hard to believe, but I absolutely met my second wife on Tinder. God bless that poor woman. She's still my wife today. I don't know why. I have given her every reason to not be my wife today, um, honestly. But again, right, where I went back to in my life and this kind of mentality or this thought process that I'm, I'm trying to convey is, right, I went back to that Right, like it was, I, there was, I, I was, there was something missing, man, and alcohol started filling that. And I met this woman, oh God. Um, I met this woman, single mom, right, had no intentions of falling in love with her, none, that's whatsoever. Right, knew I was a degenerate drunk, knew that, um, lied to her from Jump Street that I wasn't an alcoholic. Right, so this relationship was just started under false pretense. Like, that's what I did. Like, I took people, I took hostages, man. I didn't date people, I took hostages. Like, if you got anywhere near me, I would suck the life out of you. If you had something that I needed or something I wanted, right, I was going to take it. And that's the type of person I, that's the type of person I am when I drink. Um, and I remember, I remember, God, I remember looking at this woman going, what are you doing, Justin? Like, cut her loose, let her go, man. Let her go now. Um, and I had this delusion in my mind, like, that this was going to fix me. She had three daughters. Um, they were young at that time. You know, and I, I thought that this was going to fix me. Like, I thought, like, I could just drink. Like, this, no one will ever find out. Like, she won't know. As long as I don't do drugs, I'm going to be good. Um, so, right before the wedding, my sister ratted me out. <laughs> Seriously. Like, I had it, man. It was a good story, man. It was tight. Like, it was tight. Like, if I could get a kill all the witnesses, like, we would have been good, man. Like, um, 
but I guess my, my sister felt the need to tell her the truth about my story um, and who I was before we got married. And, like, I think maybe the one honorable thing I've done in this relationship so far is, like, I told her, I said, I would not marry me if I was you. I, I, would, I wouldn't. Like, you're right, it was all a lie. Like, and I would get the hell out of Dodge right now. Cuppy and run. Um, she and Alan are now, so... And she's still with me, so we know, you know, she's pretty sick too, I guess. I mean, you get, I don't think she's sick, I just think her picker's broken, right? She picked me, um, and, and she really didn't have a choice, right? What I, that's what I used to do, right? I mean, I'd get you to fall for me, right? And then at that point, man, like you were in, like it was over. Um, and, and then all of a sudden the true Justin would come out, right? And that's kind of the pattern of my life, right? Like I, I get you close, you know, keep you fooled a little bit, or at least I thought so, right? Um, for a while, I would at least. Like, you can only... <laughs> you can only... You, I, listen, this is AA, but you can only hide a crackhead for about a year, maybe. Like, that's it. Like, you, I mean, it ain't gonna last long. Like, or an alcoholic. Like, that's, that's all you can do. Um, and, uh, you know, so for, for the first five years of that relapse, like, I wasn't even thinking about coming back to AA. I had nothing to do. I didn't want anything to do with it. Um, I thought that if I could just drink, um, you would be, I'd be the person you guys took your hats off to. Like, I really didn't want to come back here. I didn't want to go back to the healing joint, that was for sure. Um, right, but what happened, it was just, it was a progression, right? Like, I don't know, I was in Charlotte playing golf with a friend and someone put some drugs in front of me and that was it. It was gone. Off to the races. And then, um, you know, it was, uh, for the last five years, right, it was stealing from my family, lying to my wife, kids, my employers, um, right, trying to feed a habit that was way bigger than, you know, than anything that I had, right? Like, it wasn't, uh, it had become apparent, it had become, Right? I mean, the last 10 years, I think, probably was, um, I mean, it was tougher than the first six or eight, however long it took me to get here the first time, man. Like, um, you know, I mean, I knew AA worked, uh, but I just, man, I, I was resentful. Um, I didn't want to come back. I'd stop in every now and then near the end, right? I don't know. I'd stay sober for six months. Um, I do have... The AKA Justin, Justin Pace, AKA the Cookie Monster, right? Like I, there's a few times I showed up at the old There's a Solution in the Annex, man, lit up like the Fourth of July, buddy, right? My ass was on fire. My wife, my wife had drug tested me. Like I needed to go to AA and I needed to get sober again. You know what I mean? And that's the way it was for the last three years, maybe. I don't know, Jerry. How long was it? Maybe the last, the last two years. It was in and out. You know, six months sober. Coming in, disturbing the, the meeting at the annex, um, you know, uh, and just burning down everything in my life that had any meaning, right? Like, I had this beautiful, beautiful family, you know, stepdaughters, um, beautiful wife, people that loved me, man. And, like, um, I think what's different, what's different this time for me was, like, it was very apparent to me, like, that I could not stop could not stop drinking. Like every day for the last five years, I'd get up 
and I'd go to drive to work, and I swear to God I wasn't going to stop at the liquor store, and every day I'd stop at the liquor store, right? And that's what it was for, for five years every day with some intervals in between of some sobriety. Like, you know, um, I mean, you guys hear me joke, right? Like, I told my wife, like, I, I told my wife, like, if you'd stop drug testing me, you'd stop catching me. Like, I'm not a bad guy. Like, I go to work every day. I'm supporting the family. Like, just leave me alone. Like, if I go off the rails for a couple days, like, I'll, I'm, I'll be back. Like, I'll come back. Um, like, and this is what I thought. Like, this is, this is my, I was so delusional at that point in my life. Like, this is what I thought a relationship should be. This is what I wanted. Like, I thought that I wanted. Um, and I put these kids and this poor woman and everyone that came in my path, man. Like, I don't know, the dudes in my small group from church. Like, my employer. Like, I just, you know, like, that's it. I, that was the farce, man. I would be up. I'd be, I was in church on Sunday mornings, man, no matter what. Like, it's getting a little hot in here, but like, um, like I'd be sitting right there in the front row, man, and it didn't matter if I'd been up for three days, like I was there. You know what I mean? And um, like, but that, that's, I want you, right? Like, that's what it's all about. It's all about how it looks on the outside. It's not about what's going on on the inside with Justin, right? Like, and that's what I, I want to be sure that I portray to you guys accurately, right? Like, um, I want you to think that I'm more than I am, right? Like, I'm not, I'm just an average, everyday drunk man, you know, um, that lied to his wife, stole from his family, right? Was a shitty son, shitty husband, shitty brother, shitty employer. Oh, jeez, excuse my life. Um, I'm a big Jesus fan, too, by the way, so he'll forgive me. Um, uh, but like that's it, man. It was all, and it, I'll tell you what. Like it was hard work. It was hard work living like that. Um, you know, for me, uh, I think my watch just told me it was bedtime. Whew, man, I'm getting old. Seriously. <laughs> um, yeah, man. It was hard work keeping that up. Like it got tiring. Um, like going to work every day, trying to keep that up. And, and really what happened was like, I was very, very good in my life at like right before you were about to f figure me out or fire me, like I'd find another job. Um, and I think this time I had been sober for seven months, man. I was in home group. I was coming, man. I got it. This was it. And um, I was about to get fired from my job at Advance Auto, I think. So I left. I cashed all my chips in. Right, I was done with corporate America, man. They had screwed me at that point in my life. Like, it was still my boss's fault. I had a horrible boss. Um, but, right, like, what it's about, what Alcoholic Anonymous has given me today, it's like that, that ability to be self-aware. Like, it doesn't matter, her part. Like, my part was like I was a horrible employee, right? Like, I'd show up, man, I was wrecked. Wrecked, dude. Showed up. I mean, I'd show up, I mean, I'd be driving to work, coffee and, like, coffee and Kahlua, man, like, wrecked. In, in work, shaking, like, out of my mind, you know? Um, every 10 minutes to the, to, the, to, the, to the car in the garage to take a smoke break, you know? Smoke break, um, you know? So, like, that's, that's the type of employer I was. So, right, I took a job, I think, oh, man. It all blends together, like, the last few times I showed up at There's a Solution, you know what I mean? Um, I do remember, well, I'll get to this next, because I think I, like, there's a little bit more drunk, not too much. Um, 
I took a job on the road. It was a great, it was a good job, man. I was about to get fired. Like I, I cashed in all my chips. I sold all my stock. Like I was, I was good for a little while, but like I wanted to, I had it somewhere in my mind. Like I didn't want to get sober then. Like it's somewhere in my mind I was going to live this double life. Like I had, I could, I was, I was, took this job on the road. I was traveling. I had to start off in Utah and work my way back across the country. So in my mind somewhere, like I thought this is perfect. Like I'd be on the road for eight weeks. I could just light it up, right? This is an easy job. Like I know how to do this. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna tear it up, and then, then I'll drive home. And then on the, the week or two, I'm home. I'll, and I'll show up on Tuesdays and Thursday nights. My wife will think I'm sober. She'll be good. Like as long as I stop, man. Like she won't drug test me. I'll be straight. You know what I mean? Like it takes me three days to get home. Like I'll clear out before I get home. And um, that's like, I, I don't know. Like that's not funny, right? Like that's disgusting. Um, like, and so fast forward, right? I took that job, went off the rails. Um, I was on my way home and this is where I get sober, right? Well, a little bit after this, um, about two, two, maybe five minutes after this, I get sober. Uh, cause we got to tell a story about the woods when I was living in the woods. Right, we gotta get back there because I ended up homeless again in Sabra. You know, ten years later after being homeless once, a little bit for a few days. <laughs> um, but we're gonna—that's gonna be funny. We'll laugh at that one. Um, but anyway, I was down in Florida working. Um, I was on my way home. Um, I had been up drinking for about three days, and uh, I stopped on my way home, and I ended up catching a felony drug charge. Um, I got arrested in Florida. I was supposed to be in North Carolina. I got arrested on a Friday night about 8 o'clock. I was leaving to head to North Carolina. I was going to be there by the morning. Um, my poor wife. So anyway, I ended up in jail. Um, I was able to bail myself out of jail. Um, and that was the first phone call I made to my wife in the morning. And that was the, that was the final straw, right? That's the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Like that woman had had enough. Um, that was probably the darkest place I'd ever been in my life. And I didn't get sober then, right? Like, so, um, I came home and like, I was in a dark, dark spot and where I got sober was the La Quinta Inn in Cary. That's where I got sober, man. That's where it happened. Um, like that was dark, man. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was a bottle of liquor and a pistol. Like one was going to give at that point. Like, uh. I probably would have told you 10 months ago that if, as long at that point, if I had had my wife and my family and my job, like I would be sober, like I'd stay sober. But without any of that, like what's the point, right? And that's where I was, man. I was feeling sorry for myself, you know. Oh, poor me. Um, you know, you've ruined everything again. You never lived. You didn't live up to what you thought you were. You're a piece of crap. And I just kept beating myself down, man, and digging that hole deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, and the executive suite in the La Quinta Inn and Carey, room 324. So if you're ever there, go there. That's, a good, that's the executive suite, I call it. Um, but I had come back here, man, like I was bouncing around, like I wasn't at home. I had been thrown out of the big bed. Um, <laughs> I had to throw that in there because I'm, I'm getting close to being back in the big bed. We'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, uh, yeah, man, like, it, it was, it was, uh, 
And really what it comes down to, like, none of that stuff mattered. That's not why I drank. Like, at this point in my life, I had lost all control, right? Physical allergy, mental obsession. Like, I could not stop drinking, and I knew it. Um, and I knew why, right? Like, I knew why I couldn't stop drinking, right? Like, I had crossed that line years ago. Like, there was no, there was nothing I could do to stop, right? And I had always thought, like, one day, I really thought one day I'd just wake up and get sober. You know what I mean? Like, oh, one day I'll wake up and stop wanting to party. And, like, I think the last couple of weeks, man, that ended. Um, I was in between places to stay. I was staying with a friend. I was thinking about checking back into the healing place, healing transitions, the joint. I was thinking about going back to the joint. Um, my sponsor told me that was a bad idea. I was thinking about going to a halfway house. Um, so in between that time, it was deer season. So I, needed, I didn't have any place to stay. I was in between, like, I think the money... The money had run out, like I was sleeping on a friend's couch, I needed to leave, I needed a place to go, but I couldn't get, I had another friend that I, I stayed with for a while, and I had nowhere to go, man, so I went and I went and, lay, and slept in the woods for four days. Now, I would have told you ten months ago that I slept in the woods because I was deer hunting, like I needed to go find some Jesus. Like, um, I got, I was, in, I was in the woods, man, and um, not a good place to be. Right, left there, I think I had like, I don't know what day, that was a, that, if it was a weekend, that, that was like a, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I think I ended up, before I went to my friend's house, um, ended up in that room in, in the Quinty Inn and it was, uh, it was me. Something I had to give, right? Like I was standing, I was, I was standing at the gates of hell. Um, they were open. And they were like, come on. Um, I mean, it, it, and again, it was me. This is what it had come down to, man. Like, it was sad. Like, I had this beautiful family, people that loved me. Like, you guys, like, I mean, you guys have been there for me no matter what. Like, people in this, in this meeting right now. Um, and, uh, like, it was a bottle of liquor, a pistol, and a pile of drugs and something had to give. Right? Like, and, and it, it didn't really matter to me at that point. And I don't know if I've ever been there in my life, right? Like, I'm too, I'm too vain to kill myself. Like, I'm too much of a chicken, I'm too much of a, I don't want to be too offensive, but um, I'm too chicken to kill myself. Like, I, that's never going to happen. Um, so, like, it, but it was probably the closest I've ever come, right? to consistently thinking like that would be better off than where I am now and everyone else would be better off. Um, and you know, at that point, like I just, I don't know, man, like it was my God moment. Like I walked out of there, I came to there's a solution. Um, and that was September 24th, 2022. Right. Um, I sat out with my sponsor. I think one of the things, um, we got, it's about 10 minutes. I can't see. I got glasses. I should put them on. Okay. Um, sat down with my sponsor, started working back through the steps. Um, and one of the questions I think, right, I always had believed in God. And I think one of the, mo the biggest gifts that I've been given from Alcoholics Anonymous is in my relationship with God that I have today. Um, I mean, that is, I think, the single most biggest thing that I've been given, um, right? I, and again, I mean, um, he asked me, like, do you believe in the power of God? And I could, the question, I couldn't answer the question, no. 
I don't think I did. I believed in God. Somewhere along the line, I had stopped believing in the power of God. And, right, from working through the steps again, um, right, like I, I believe in that power again today. You know, that power is real, right? And I think, right, if you're new, right, that's exact. it says it, right? That's exactly what this book is about. Right, it's to help us find that power. And, right, all those days where when I went to go to work and I couldn't not stop at the liquor store, right? Or all those days I could not stop stealing from my family or lying to my wife. Like, um, right, that power has given me the ability to not do that stuff anymore, right? Like, um, and I don't, I'm not going to, I had marks on pages, but I'm not going to be a big book thumper and start reading that out of the book. Um, I think, right, what I do today is I ask God's power to keep me clean and sober, right? That's different than what I used to do, right? I used to ask God to help me stay clean and sober, and that's pretty arrogant, right? Um, to think that I even have something to do with it, right, for me. Um, and, you know, what my prayers are today as a result of working the steps, um, I, they're just, it's, I don't know, it's not about me, right? It's not about my job. It's not about what you think about me. It's not about... It's not about the car I drive. It's not about the house that I have, right? Like, that's, man, I'm telling you, if you knew, like, that's the easy stuff in life. Forget all that. Like, um, love and forgiveness and meaningful relationships, right? And, like, I, I, because of Alcoholics Anonymous, have had the ability to start repairing some of those relationships in my life, um, right, that I never thought I would. And what, what I got, I got to a point in my, in my sobriety this time where, like, it didn't matter. Like, I knew, like, I needed to stay sober regardless of whether my wife stayed with me, regardless of whether I had a job, regardless of whether my kids talked to me. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I needed to stay sober for me. Um, and, right, the miracle of Alcoholics Anonymous is that I, I got in the book with a sponsor, started coming to home group. Right, I'd get there early to help set up. I'd stay late to help clean up. And then, you know what? Like, there was one day where, like, I wasn't holding on for dear life. Like, the first, the first month or so, like, I was holding on for dear life, man, because all I wanted to do, right, was stop the way I felt. Like, imagine, I don't know, I know some of you were there that night. I remember this like it was yesterday. We were sitting in the Mims house. Um, my, so my youngest, my youngest daughter, we're saving a seat for her, but we'll let her determine that. Um, but she got punished. She got caught smoking some weed, so her punishment was to go to four AA meetings with me. <laughs> now, I wasn't. I don't know if I. I don't think I was sober then. I don't know, man. But like, man, I, and I was. I don't know. I remember. I remember Jerry reaching over and kind of like, <laughs> you'll be all right. But like, I was sitting. I, my this is what alcohol did to me. Like, I was sitting in an AA meeting, still using with my daughter, right, who's struggling with drugs and alcohol. Lying to my wife, like, man, you don't have a chance, bro. Like, you don't have a chance, right? Like, I needed to, and everybody else knew it except me. I was the last one to figure it out, right? Like, that's how, um, that's how my disease worked, right? Like, I was so dishonest. Um, lack of self-awareness, like, like I, everyone else knew it except me, um, right? And, like today, today I'm free, man. I am free today. Like I don't, I can go wherever I'm going and I don't worry about the car going to the liquor store. 
You know? Um, I think I'm going to read one thing out here. If I can find it. Anyway, um, today I'm free, right? Like, um, I, I have an opportunity to rebuild those relationships in my life. I believe as far as I know today, the books are balanced, right? Like, um, I'm trying to think if there's, I, I mean, as far as I know, they're balanced, right? And, and what I can tell you that I'm sitting up here willing, like, if something comes to my mind, right, I will talk to my sponsor about it. You know what I mean? And, and we'll figure out what to do about it. Um, you know, but, like, <laughs> I'm going to pull. Walter, this one's for you. Like, the, the great prophet Ronnie Van Zandt says, like, I'm not hiding from nobody. Nobody's hiding from me today. Like, that's an old Leonard Skinner song, if, none of y'all don't, if you guys don't know. But, yeah. um, but, like, today I'm not, man. Like, I answer my phone. Like, I'll even answer those spam calls, right? Like, I will. <laughs> Like, cause I don't, I mean, like, I'm not, like, I'm not hiding today. Like, the bill collectors aren't after me. People aren't after me. I'm not looking over my shoulder. Um, I am, uh, slowly repairing my relationship with my wife. God bless her. Um, you know, I don't know, man. She's got, like, a ninja sponsor now and on, so I'm assuming at some point she's going to get me to the curb when she figures it out. But, right, what happens today to me is, like, I get an opportunity to rebuild those relationships with my wife and my kids if I stay sober. Right? And today, right, I have conceded to my innermost self. Um, and if you're new, man, like, I don't, um, I don't want to burst, I don't know if I'm going to burst your bubble or not, but, like, this is, like, one day at a time, like, it's every, it's for the rest of your life. Like, I tried one day at a time for a while, like, and it, look, it, it didn't work after nine years. Like, every day for the rest of your life, right? Like, and you can do that one day at a time, I don't care if you need to hear that, but, like, every day for the rest of your life. Um, and for me, like, that's, like, go big or go home, man. Like, I don't know, man. I got to do that. Like, I had to concede to my inner myself that I was an alcoholic. And um, as of today, and 7.55, right? We're right on there. Oh, I forgot the code to my phone, so I don't even know what time it is anymore. Y'all are... Um, right, like, today I did that. Today, Bill asked me to do this. I was a little late, man. I didn't get here to help set up, but, um, like, I don't know, you know, man, like, what's really important in life today is, like, the people in my life, relationships that I have in these rooms, in this home group, in my family, um, all the other stuff, like, I don't know, I can't tell you, like, if you're going to get your wife back, if you're going to get the house back, if you're going to get the car back, the job back, I don't know, like, I haven't got all that stuff back, but I know I'm free today. And that's a result of working the steps in Alcoholics Anonymous. So thank you very much. Thanks for listening. If you have a comment, suggestion, or just need help, you can email Shank and Wayne at freedom at alcoholicsalive.com. Remember, we're recovered members of Alcoholics Anonymous, but we do not speak for Alcoholics Anonymous, nor do we get paid. Join us next week for another great episode.